0: Hello and welcome to the Pursuing Progress podcast episode 35, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. And today I was just going to do something a little bit different. There's just been a lot that's been going on in, in my life and just wanted to kind of share and just have this platform and and, <laughs> and stage, I suppose, to, to to just talk some things and just kind of unload the things that I've been thinking about and hope, I don't know, it's... Yeah, like this has just been a verbal diary for me, and and hope it's helpful um, to you in in some some way or, or another. And so it's just, I think, just observations of you know how things are going as a society and, and the new cycle, and and you know stuff that's been going on that has been you know challenging in in some regards and uh, and other you know, other kind of areas of life that have been, yeah, been able to see some sort of like growth and, 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 yeah. And it's just been a lot to kind of process and I'd love to just have the opportunity to, yeah, to just kind of, kind of debrief these things um, in this kind of one-off kind of update. Um, Like I I still will be continuing with the uh, purpose driven life series. Like that's been going well. Um, it's, yeah, it's just something, a little kind of one-off, little bonus podcast, I suppose, and and we'll, you know, continue with our usual programming afterwards. And so one of the things I've kind of been thinking about is just this kind of scene at the moment of, you know, how things are starting to, you know, kind of normalize and kind of stabilize in, in regards to um, just this whole pandemic situation at the moment, you know. I think when you know, when this whole thing first started, like, everything was just panic, panic, emotion, emotion, and just this, you know, like, kind of knee-jerk responses to, to everything, and, and, you know, on, in terms of, you know, government and regulation level, like, it has just been totally mismanaged, um, for sure, like, I think, you know, we just, I don't know, we're just people that want to you know, respond and to, you know, flex our muscle in, in a time where things are still unknown, things are still uncertain. And, you know, people in leadership want to, you know, flex their muscle and, and feel like they're leaders and, and really brave and and bold and make decisions and, you know, show this kind of bravado in in terms of leadership and making rules and, and whatnot. And, you know, I think when you don't have much data to go off like it just looks silly in hindsight um, like I remember very early on where like you know, <laughs> you know someone you know just driving around like like on her L, like on her ls just practicing driving in the car um just the mum and, and the child and and very early days of, of the pandemic and like, they got pulled over and got fined, like, $1,600 for that, you know, for breaking social distancing rules. But, you know, like, you know, the common sense of, like, hey, <laughs> the, the police weren't wearing masks and, you know, forcing someone in a car, in a, you know, sealed vehicle to open their windows and to, you know, open that access of, you know, respiratory droplets and, and whatnot. And, like, it's just it's just dumb how it was just handled when we didn't have any data. And so it, it is a lesson of like, hey, like that's not respond so immediately to to new things and, you know, whatever new thing kind of comes up. Like, you know, let's wait till, you know, more of the data com, comes out and more information is available. Because a lot of, I think, as the dust kind of settles in, in regards to like the emotion and kind of the, yeah, the kind of adrenaline rush of, of something of, um, you know, what's happening in the US of all, all the kind of shootings. And, you know, it really, I think as different kind of sources, you know, contribute to, to that kind of the narrative, like, you know, the first narrative is always, you know, the one that kind of perpetuates the narrative that the news wants to kind of, you know, tell, tell everyone, I suppose. And, Um, you know, the stuff with, you know, different shootings and there's like a whole different side to, you know, these stories and only one side gets the prominent kind of attention and and viewership and that becomes kind of the mainstream, you know, narrative and it's not the whole story and, you know, it becomes all this kind of misguided, um, you know, conflicts among other people in, in conversation and, you know, and that kind of turns to violence and the stuff we're, we're seeing at the moment and, you know, the way that other shows talk about it and, you know, quote things that are, you know, not as accurate and, you know, the stuff with the Carl Rittenhouse thing, like he wasn't there illegally, but there's so many media sources that say he was like carrying, he was there illegally and he was, um, you know, carrying weapons illegally, but, you know, when you look kind of deeper into to the laws and, and things like that, like he wasn't, actually you know breaking those particular rules that you know the news was saying and you know he was actually defending himself from you know thugs that were actually pointing guns at him and so yeah it's like you know when you have this I don't know you know like everyone has these access to guns but it's just kind of like hey like when we bring race into it we can kind of you know create this story and create more divide and I think yeah, I think yeah. So it's just been interesting to see yeah, as an observer. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, kind of con- like condoning it, and like of course we don't want to see violence and we don't want to see you know lives lost to you know to conflict and and violence and and things like that. But I think and even now just in Melbourne, like protests are turning violent and arrests are being made, and you know people are trying to protest against. Yeah, this lockdown thing, and it's and it's just this, this frustration of, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, you know, we have our our rights, and the and we want to be able to live normally, and like, I'm sure that's the hope of every kind of politician and leader for for the people that they represent. Um, but it's just this kind of difficult task to to be, <laughs> to be a leader during these times, because any, any kind of decision that, that's been made by them, you know, and if they see this, you know, correlative, you know, increasing cases and in new cases, it, it gets, it's extremely scrutinized. And so, you know, like what is a leader left to do, but to just take the really conservative option of, you know, just locking down everything and really, yeah and you know because they have this you know re-election coming up and they want to you know um, you know look look good i suppose you know they want to reduce cases and so they take the kind of strongest lockdown measure and and so you know in in hopes that it wins people over and you know shows leadership in kind of reducing the cases and, and whatnot, but I'm, I'm blabbering on, I'm no expert around it. Um, but that's just something I've, I've just noticed and just kind of talking <laughs> about it. But yeah, I think moreover on, on kind of an individual level, um, I think people are starting to, yeah, I think struggle a bit, I suppose. Um, cause this you know, forced quarantine and, and all this kind of isolation kind of um, thing um, that's becoming, you know, a part of our normal lives now. It's, it's forced people to kind of, yeah, have this time to reflect on, on life and actually think about what's what's important um, f- for them. Um, and, you know, to, lo- to lose a job that you devoted so much of your time for like, you know, 40 plus hours, um, of, of the week. And yeah, to be like, okay, like, you know, what have I been living for? And, you know, when, when something's taken away and, you know, it feels like your life's falling apart, it's like, okay, like, has that become what I live for and my main purpose in life? And so that's been a really kind of hopefully really kind of healing thing, uh, for people, if, you know, they've taken the time to re- reflect and, and to think about it. Cause I think a few podcasts ago, so it's about, you know, society and, and whatnot, how, how it is, how it, it is like the system that, you know, that makes us kind of forget and you know, neglect the things that are most important to us, um, in life, which is, you know, our, our family, our friendships and the relationships and experiences that bring us joy, and you know, for us to neglect that, so that we can have the time to be to invest in, you know, this whole capitalist machine and and work and and you know helping businesses thrive and and whatnot, and and it's just this kind of, I guess, tension and this wrestle between between the two, because you know, work is necessary to to be able to, you know, live and and enjoy um, the good things, you know. <laughs> Uh, of this first world kind of country and but you know losing that and yeah it it is just this uncomfortable kind of feeling to to be left with our thoughts you know we have worked to kind of you know give us some sort of kind of routine and, and purpose to to not really yeah to not really think about you know the kind of more important things of life you know it is a means to, to get there for sure. But I think, yeah, like when someone is just devoting what 60, 70, 80 hours of hours a week, you know, towards work, it's, um, you, you really do miss out on what it means to, to live life a little. And so, you know, we, we see people kind of going a bit insane. We see people's mental health just struggling to, to cope you know with that time off when work has been taken away and so it's just been a really kind of fascinating thing to to see and like i i'm thankful for this time off as well just to yeah have time to reflect and and realize there's so much to to think about and to consider and you know like so much i haven't given myself the time to think about and you know been really grateful you know for this time you know, to be, yeah, to be single and just to have this time to think about myself and to, you know, work on myself. And like, it's just been a kind of breath of fresh air, I I suppose, because, you know, previously I've just been so involved in, you know, other people's lives and, and being in relationships and, you know, investing in other people. And I just didn't give myself, you know, the time and, and energy to, you know, figure out who I am and all the, all the things like that. And like, it, it has really just been refreshing to, to do that. And it, it feels odd. Uh, like sometimes it feels odd of just like, this is like really great. Like I've been able to just, you know, go to the gym three times a week consistently. Um, whereas before when I was just involved in a relationship, like I just, I could barely squeeze in Um, going to the gym like once a week, um, because I was just so involved in so many other things and, and, and someone else as well. And it's just like, wow, like I'm, I'm seeing myself like build, um, you know, muscle and build, build strength quite quickly. And, and it's kind of scary. Um, in, in that way of just like, Hey, this is what it feels like to consistently train. Um, like it's been six weeks now and to, to be able to see like my weights increase. And I remember what kind of, you know, that first day going back to the gym and just, you know, feeling the barbell was just a lot heavier than I remember. And just feeling this overall kind of weakness and, you know, that 20 kilo plate just seemed really heavy to, to carry and and to, and to lift and, and yeah, and now just kind of, uh, yeah, after six weeks, it kind of, yeah, like kind of becomes a bit, it's becoming a bit easier and, you know, I rate it, you know, like lift, deadlifting 100 kilos is kind of a seven out of 10 effort. Whereas, you know, before holding that 20 kilo bar was probably a six or seven as well, um, out of 10 in, in, yeah, in, uh, yeah with regard to kind of like how hard I'm exerting or how hard I feel like I'm exerting. And and it has just been like <laughs> wonderful. Um like in that regard taking care of my physical health, which yeah, we know like translates to mental health. Um and and my psychology is something that I really needed to work on and and yeah, my mental health as well. It's just been I guess, yeah, neglected because I've just been care about other people and, and other the things that I think, yeah, it's just been interesting to, to realize how, how immature I am in so many different kind of aspects, I suppose. And, and yeah, like I've been able to see the psychologist, uh, regularly to kind of, yeah, con- yeah to kind of really deconstruct a lot of, um, behavioral patterns and, and ways of, responding to different events and, and criticism and, and things like that. And yeah, like recently I did, I think what's called like a schema test, a schema questionnaire, um, where, yeah, like it will kind of highlight different areas of your psychology and how you respond to, to life's events. And, you know, there are just areas um, that I am just like literally off the charts. And I know, Like it's not something that, you know, defines me in any way, but it's just like, it's just nice to have it conceptualized um, in a way. It's just to kind of, you know, communicate to me in a way of, Hey, like the ways that I'm feeling are not normal. Um, And, you know, when these, you know, when these feelings kind of come up and when those kind of areas of psychology are, you know, quote unquote triggered, like to, like, it would just help me kind of grab a hold of that thought and be like, hey, this is the this is this side of, you know, my psychology being triggered. Let's hold that thought, put it to this side, and let's tackle what's actually going on. And and that has just been yeah, just this wonderful time to 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 figure that out. And like I wish I had this figured out a long time ago for sure. Um and, you know, and like I think just looking at the, there was a graph that was was made from it, and just looking at the graph, it's just like, well, it really made sense. Um, what um, you know, why the relationship fell apart because of the things that came up and how it you know chose to respond to it, and you know, and so it's this thing called like the schema. So kind of like core beliefs and and you know just this kind of inner psychology of how you kind of view the world and there was stuff that I was yet yeah, off the charts and, and it, it was just really, um, yeah. Fascinating to see it conceptualized. Um, and so there's 10 different ones, I think 10, um, I'm just kind of go through. Them. so there's stuff called the vulnerable child, the angry child, the impulsive child or the undisciplined child and the contended child. Um, compliant surrenderer, detached protector, overcompensator, punitive parent or demanding parent, and the healthy adult. And and so I was off the charts in in regards to um, compliant surrenderer. And so this is kind of describing someone who acts in a passive or kind of submissive kind of way and Someone is very self-deprecating as well, and and a bit of a doormat, and so it doesn't really kind of initiate, um, yeah, like initiate ideas, or doesn't kind of contribute, you know, their original opinions, and they, kind of, yeah, like avoid avoid conflict, and you know, for the fear of conflict or rejection, and they tolerate, you know, being mistreated, and they stay silent uh, because of that, and. You know it's it just usually someone who is very kind of self defeating and very self loathing, and that <laughs> that was one that was so just kind of off the charts and and yeah, like being just this passive doormat that people can just walk over, I think you know there's so many things that <laughs> that yeah that was evident of that, and you know it it comes. Yeah, there's so many different factors It can come from like childhood and the way it was brought up. So, you know, things that came to mind was, you know, like how I was, you know, brought up, um, in regards to kind of dealing with conflict, I suppose. And, you know, when I get into, you know, fights or arguments or disagreements with, with mum, like I just wasn't allowed to explain my side of things. I just had to, to take it and, and no, like no, no matter what, what, even if I, it was reasonable. Even if it was justifiable, it was just, it was just met with kind of rejection of just like, hey, stop finding, like, don't find excuses, um, you know, you know, just you're in trouble. <laughs> Take the punishment. You have no excuse, and I feel like it, it's hard when. You know, I, I know it's probably, like, a Western side of thinking of, like, hey, you, you still need your freedom of speech and, and whatnot. Um, but, you know, as I kind of get to know my, like, mum a bit more, it's just, like, it was exactly how she was treated in in her, you know, upbringing. You know, her being the youngest of five and, you know, it's like she... she Like, the way she told um stories about her upbringing, like, she was definitely mistreated. Like, you know, her older siblings got you know, you know, treated well and they were able to go off and and study and, um, and treated nicely. And yeah, she really got the kind of rough end of the stick and, and, and yeah, like she would just be told to, to be quiet when, you know, the, you know, her parents were, um, telling her off or getting her in trouble or disciplining her. And, and yeah, like that kind of trauma kind of gets passed down and, you know, and she's very much a a doormat sometimes just being too nice to, to people. And, and that's just, you know, it's hard to change that about her. And, and yeah, like it was, it's something that I've done that I just got yelled at about, um, you know, with, yeah, with a few occasions, you know, during my relationship and, 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 and yeah, like I've just been so, yeah, avoidant of, you know, hurting other people's feelings. So I really just swallow it and, and just be like, okay, if it makes you feel better, like, I'll just, we'll just go with that. And, you know, it just, you know, like there's a sense of like extremes, right? There's, you know, there's absolute doormats that don't have any opinions for themselves. And then, then the other side of things of like, you know, everyone has to listen to me. I demand respect and, um, like my opinion matters the most kind of thing and like you, you don't want to live in the extremes and and with these schemas of course you don't want to be on too much like on the outer in regards to the extremes and so it's always kind of you know work itself towards more kind of healthier range um, I suppose and and like if yeah like mine is actually off the charts like an absolute like 0.01 percent outlier on on the graph and and so you know the healthy thing to do is to look look for ways to be able to get me back you know within the norm I suppose if you know if you've done stats you know within the normal bell curve you know within those two standard deviations um from the mean and and yeah like it is important to to have your opinions and and to not you know self deprecate and to avoid conflict. Cause you know, that's just the nature of, of life. And, and like this question that was done in, in July, um, like, wow, like two months ago. And, and yeah, like I think back then I was still, I was still kind of starting to, to heal. And, um, but I think those, those behaviors and those schemas are still very, very prevalent. Um, and yeah, and like it works in combination with a lot of things that are also kind of very high, um, kind of very high in the charts. And, and there's, so there's other schemas like the, um, the vulnerable child, you know, the one that tends to feel kind of lonely and isolated, sad, misunderstood, you know, unsupported, frightened, anxious, worthless, unloved, unlovable, lost, fragile, directionless, left out, excluded, uh, press uh, just something sub- you know, the kind of inner child of us that you know is very sensitive and will withdraw if it feels kind of, you know, attacked or feels threatened, and so you know when you get walked all over like a doormat, like there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain, and you know when that happens, like you know inevitably, <laughs> uh, like it's not nice to be stood on, um, and you know, when that happens, I I really do just kind of withdraw and just feel so hopeless and just exhausted and just feel so isolated. Um, and it's something that I create for myself and it, and it's not, not, you know, not particularly true, you know, in, in regards to reality, but, like, it's just this go-to schema that I have when dealing with things that has just been so unhealthy, um, you know, growing up and, and it is, you know, hasn't brought me any joy ever. Um, and, and so, you know, having, being a doormat and then having that, you know, it's not a particularly great combination because it kind of feeds, feeds into each other and there's more withdrawals and, and more kind of walls being put up. Um, and then, there's another kind of schema called the angry child where, you know, you get intensely angry and infuriated and frustrated. And, you know, when things like anger comes from kind of unmet, you know, expectations and and needs and, and frustration from unmet needs. And, and, and yeah, like that's, that's just how I just imploded when my emotional needs weren't particularly met because I was just giving so much of it, way that you know a simple request for for a bit of emotional attention um just wasn't met and I just like it exploded as if I were kind of deserved it or or whatnot and so yeah like it just kind of triggered this I don't know just this implosion in, in my mind and and my mentality that yeah really made me you know, decline down this <laughs> hill, um, like the snowball effect. And it just wasn't uh, a particular, particularly like kind of great thing, um, to do. And, um, yeah, like I was pretty high up in, in terms of being the impulsive or undisciplined child. Um, you know, <laughs> like Like there is part of it that's contributed by, you know, being kind of brought up as an only child, even though I have a sister that's older, like eight years older than me. Um, But, you know, for most of my teens, like she was overseas in in another, you know, (laughs) another country and not really a part of that, you know, um, childhood or kind of high school life. And so, um, you know, it may appear spoiled and, and I don't know. Like, I think when you say someone's spoiled, I think there's just this kind of sense of like, oh, I don't want to be called spoiled. Like, I don't, you know, I feel like I'm not someone who, you know, was born with that silver spoon in my mouth and, and this really undisciplined and really kind of, you know, person that hasn't really, you know, gone through the roughness of life and um and whatnot. But and yeah, like that's not like too high you know, in comparison to like how off the charts I was for, for the other ones and a few other ones, are, um, uh, yeah, detach protector and, um, to self soother. <laughs> um, so this is, yeah, like m- me finding ways for band aid solutions with temporary relief and, and yeah, like, you know, when the first, when the breakup happened, like I, you know, was, was visiting, was frequenting a, a bar just to, yes, just to drink quietly. Like it wasn't to drink till I was drunk or, or passed out or anything. Um, like, like the first few days of, of drinking at the bar was just to help download my thoughts into a journal, uh, just unfiltered. Um, and like that wasn't really nice. I didn't cause any trouble or anything, which, you know, which was good. Um, but yeah, like I just found ways to try and numb the pain and, you know, went on Tinder and, and found, um, you know, escorts and, and stuff to kind of, yeah, make me not think about the pain. And and yeah, like I was, as I was going through this whole, like, you know, everyone's judgments and, and, you know, people wanting to define me by my mistake. And I was just like, you know what, I, I feel worthless, you know, my whole, the whole vulnerable child and... You know, angry child is kind of being triggered, and and I like fine. I'm worthless. I'm hopeless. I'm I'm this useless piece of trash, and I might as well just continue being a piece of trash. And I'll I'll just engage in those kind of services, and um, you know, and yeah, and then I went like binge eating as well. You know, going to macas and just yeah, just eating me, like hoping I'd die from heart disease, uh, which is really really sad and um yeah it just becomes self-soothing but like really it's self-sabotage and self-damaging and um and it just wasn't like, it wasn't a great place for sure but like to have it so like as a as a really instinctive response is just yeah like the lessons been learned for sure of just how just yeah discussing it is and how I really need to really temper that down and um, and, and so it is, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's something that I like hate about myself for sure. And, um, I'm yeah, I'm trying to work hard to, yeah, to not, you know, seek those things. And, and it, and it has been quite a few months, uh, already, like probably, probably say like half a year that I haven't kind of engaged in those things. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, like I've can, you know, gladly and humbly say that I've, you know, by the grace of God, I've been able to, uh, move on well from it. And, um, yeah. And not to go back to that, which has been a real blessing and, um, and to, yeah, to make healthier choices and connect more with people and, and realize I actually have value and I don't, yeah, like there, there is freedom to not be defined by mistakes that, um, and and to really work towards changing myself and um, in a in a good way. And the other one that I'm like off the charts in charts in is the punitive parent. So the one that really kind of criticizes self or you know tells themselves that you know they deserve every punishment and blame and everything bad that happens is because I'm I'm bad and I you know i deserve it and you know i abuse myself I, I punish myself i blame myself for for everything that's gone wrong um and yeah it really i don't know yeah like it just destroys who i am um i will i just just all those things that i was just really high up on and um that i was off the charts in like, those things combined just destroyed my character and destroyed who I was and my sense of self and identity and self-worth. And and it, it really has, um, yeah, like, to see that and to understand that has been like a mini turning point in itself to, to be like, okay, these are areas that I really need to address and, and to work on so that I can be a bit, you know, healthier in, in regards to my responses to things. Cause life, life happens. We can't, um, control that. And like only God's in control. And so we, it's, yeah, it's silly to, you know, respond the, in those ways, um, yeah, you know, for life and it's hard to control <laughs> anything. Um and so I think being aware of them, like knowing not to totally define myself and be so fixated on on this particular graph and this particular questionnaire. Um, but I think it's just this awareness of of my flaws and, and weaknesses and to to work on them so, you know, the valleys and the peaks and troughs become smaller. Um, you know, the difference between my greatest day and the worst day, you know, are are a bit smaller. Um, and, and yeah, like I know I have a long way to go and, you know, um, there's still stuff to be done, um, in, with regard to yeah, those, those things and, you know, to deal with particular baggage before I even consider kind of getting myself into another a relationship with, you know, God willing, if that's, <laughs> that's the plan for me, um, in, you know, in his plan and in his will, like maybe not, <laughs> um, but you know, I can't, you know, particularly force any, anything from, from anyone and really can't force God's hand and, you know, he has what's best for me and maybe it is this path of singleness and, and I think I'll be okay <laughs> with that. And, As much as I, yeah, would probably miss the, you know, physical intimacy and the emotional and, you know, mental and and spiritual intimacy that I can share with another human being in that kind of exclusive manner of a relationship and and marriage, like as much as I'm going to miss it, I think there's still a lot of joy to be found in, in the other things of life, like... Yeah, like it doesn't need to end in in marriage to have a happy ending and and so yeah, like that I feel like that's been just this kind of kind of a neutral kind of unharmful lie that we've been told that you know there is happiness to be found in in marriage and and like maybe it's just part of the like Christian church culture that there is this pressure to, you know, to be married and like we have this thing of like, you know, you know, you only date if you're look if you know, if marriage is within reach. And like it may like I'm sure like it may, it makes sense. Um I'm hesitating as I say that. Like I'm sure it you know, it makes sense. Like you don't wanna keep dating around and, you know, have Relationships that last, you know, only a few months, and then you know, hot from, girl, you know, um, relationship to relationship. But like, that's generally something we've been told, like in church, that you know, only only date when marriage is in sight. And uh, I don't know, like, yes, there's wisdom to that, but also like, like I I don't know, I don't know if that's healthy um, on a kind of human level (laughs) because, you know, like relationships is something that we all kind of yearn for, like this kind of deep connection, um, with someone and, and that kind of desire is given, you know, by God for us to kind of flourish, um, here and, you know, help us kind of relate to each other well. And, and it is, and you learn, you do learn a lot about yourself, you know in a relationship for sure, um but yeah, like it's just I don't know anyway so that's the dating part of things, and then the whole like marriage thing of like hey, you're twenty five like you know, <laughs> why aren't you married yet, and, and you know a bit of Asian culture that can relate to you know if you're single, like all your you know family members or extended family members will. You know be asking you you know if you're dating and you know when you're getting married and, and things like that and it just seems like this mark of success or the mark that you are you know following the particular norm if you're able to get married at a particular age or you know to have kids or you know have a full-time job and and whatnot and And as as nice as it is that everyone can fall within this box or this kind of, I don't know, curriculum or or criteria, uh, you know, and and this particular timeline that, you know, this subculture has kind of set for you, like, it's it's just not reflective of how messy life is. Um, And, you know, the trauma that people have gone through and, you know, which may make it difficult to To be able to you know date and invest in another relationship because you're not just you're not prepared for it, and as I was thinking like you know I had so many things I needed to process and so much baggage like I really shouldn't have you know have dated at all like I wish I didn't date at all because I had so many issues and like you know and you know they want to be nice and be like oh like you know when's ever anyone ever ready and you know God will help you through it and. And, you know, like, you 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 don't want to, like, wait around. You know, what if someone else snaps, you know, snatches the girl up? And it's just unhelpful. And I just want to, you know, flip this, like, metaphorical, figurative, like, middle finger to to all of it. And, like, it's just done more harm than than good. And I think, you know, people want to place so much value, like, in this marriage, you know, if you get married, like just an example. And I think it's just been on the forefront of my, my mind because, um, like I went to like a friend's wedding today and, and yeah, like it, it is, um, uh, yeah. Like something I've, I've kind of been thinking about and, you know, as I talk to, you know, friends that were single and, and really, yeah. And think, I think the, the single friends that I talk to, you know, at church have just been really hurt by the culture of it. And they're unwilling to speak out because churches are all about marriages and want to facilitate marriages and and things like that. And, and, and at my particular church, it's just, you don't really have much value unless you're married. Like, you know, until you're married, like, that's when you know you have particular ministries given to you, and you have um, you know all this kind of attention of like, hey, you've just had a baby, like that's make an announcement about it, hey, you just got married, let's make an announcement about it, that's celebrate you, that's that's pray for you and you know, and f- <laughs> it's like, well, I've accomplished other things, like you know, finish my you know finished my master's thesis and, and, you know, was able to get a job, but it, it, it was just never like, you know, put, put out there as this major achievement that it needs to be celebrated as, as a church. And, and, you know, and it's just, I think, yeah, it, it is hard being a single person in a church and, um, and yeah, it is one of those biases of, of, of churches that, yeah, really, really do hurt people, and and it's it's not meant to be like that. And I I can empathize and I can understand that you know sometimes the hurt that people can feel from from churches and because of their particular bias or a particular way of doing things or the culture that they have um, that or you know the judgment that you can. Um, really feel you know because of the particular mistakes and and sins you've done and the mistakes you've committed, and and yeah, like this, yeah, it's just frustrating and a lot to kind of you know to talk about and you know um, and yeah, the whole another thing with the wedding thing, like and like yeah, like a side note, it's just like like that like that one today, like felt fine. And like, I went to one, you know, last year when, you know, fresh from the breakup and like, I was just not okay. Like I was just drinking one the whole time and really not thinking about it and not really caring. And just, yeah, I was miserable and just didn't want to be there. And I think it just drove all these kind of flashbacks, flashbacks back to Hey, like you know, this could have been me, and you know, I, I stuffed it up, and she was perfect, and and whatnot. I was just miserable, but this one today was was good. I think, yeah, and that's been a nice kind of indicator of of growth and and maturity and and healing, and in, in, in that regard. And so it's been good to have those little moments where you where you know and you feel that you've done, you've made progress, and. Uh, you just need to kind of like celebrate that and um yeah really hold on to that and and yeah, and I think progress is something hard to measure sometimes, and when you can find ways to have a more kind of objective measure or something that you can kind of substantiate it it is it is nice and it is quite rewarding and really gets the dopamine going for sure and and so there was something that i kind of, um, I was listening to like a podcast by (laughs) Joe Rogan and when he was talking to, um, Darren Brown, which is, who's a kind of illusionist and really, um, yeah, who's just this kind of really, um, well, well well-trained or well kind of, um, well, there's been the kind of like mind reader and, um, and really, kind of knows his psychology and the way that the brain works and, and human psychology and, and behavior and things like that. And, and he's done kind of, um, all these kind of shows where, you know, he kind of manip- manipulates the environment to really, um, you know, not prank, but kind of put, puts on in a scenario where they have to, you know, do something that's so out of their comfort zone that, you know, um, that they didn't think was ever possible. And, you know, with the manipulated environment, you know, it, it, yeah, it just comes to show that, you know, those things are, um, you know, possible to do, you know, from, you know, having this kind of anti-immigrant kind of, you know, KKK, um, sympathizer, um, you know, being willing to, you know, he milliped, you know, it's a few things to kind of, um, yeah, trigger a few areas of his psychology. And, you know, he ends up taking a bullet for this, you know, illegal immigrant, uh, which, which is an actor, but like made to believe, made to believe that, um, you know, he's, you know, (laughs) was really, you know, got someone to be willing to push someone off a building and, um, and, you know, who swore who would never take a life and, and whatnot. And so, and he was just talking just kind of as a tangentially, like he was kind of quoting Carl Jung, who's really, who's this just kind of brilliant human mind, I suppose. And, and, he, and he said this quote that really kind of stood out to me, um, saying, you know, the greatest burden a child has to bear is the unlived life of their parents. And, and that quote in itself has just kind of blown my own mind away. Um, just that simple like sentence and, you know, yeah, I think cause the conversation itself was just talking about, Hey, like, you know, as you navigate through life, you know, there's all, there's this kind of perpetual story that you tell yourself about yourself and, and where you're going with life and, and direction and trajectory that you're going. Um, and you know, life is about that, you know, navigating life, making choices on a, you know, particular path and, you know, you want to. Um, you know, sometimes you want to. I don't know, like on Instagram and, and stuff like that. You have all these, you know, people that give all these kind of life advice of like, like, hey, just surround yourself with positive people that enjoy you know, being like enjoying your authentic you and motivate you to be better and, and whatnot and, and block out the haters and, you know, make sure that they don't have any input and don't listen to someone that you don't take advice from and whatnot. And, and he was, yeah, he was just talking about how, you know, that's um like, it sounds very empowering, but you know, there is a point of like, Hey, there, you shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't live in those extremes of like, only have yes men and um and not <laughs> not have you know not have people you know giving input where there is criticism and that there is people that will bring a bit of negativity because you do need input from them um you know not not let the whole thing in but just to understand where where you're at so you don't have this inflated sense of self and and so you kind of know so you're you can more accurately measure where you, where you're going in life. And, and so he brings that to a point of like, yeah, like, you know, this story you can tell yourself, it can like change it and whatnot, but, um, what can kind of determine where you start from or where you're at or kind of the, the realm that you can work with. Um, it really comes down to the parents. And that's where he brings in the whole, like, you know, the grace burden of the child is to bear the unlived life of the, their parents. And so it really kind of skews um, kind of the story that you're able to, to tell about yourself. And, you know, it really rings true. I think another quote that I that I read from some, from somewhere that, you know, everybody here is, you know, either continuing general cycles, generational cycles of trauma or carrying the burden of trying to break it. And, you know, it is, yeah, just this mind-blowing kind of statement and this kind of piece of life advice, I suppose. And to really understand that, yeah, like we we want to think that, you know, we come out as babies, like with a clean slate, like anything's possible and, and whatnot. And, you know, to a certain extent, yes, if you see it that particular way, but I think when you think about it a bit deeper, you're like, actually not really. (laughs) Um, there's so much influence that the parents have, because I think, you know, as I listen to, you know, older parents or, you know, listen to, to parents at you know wedding receptions, you know talk about their kids that just got married and things like that, and and they all have all these kind of hopes and dreams for them, you know to to you know have a great marriage and and whatnot, and talk about kind of specific things that they can they can do. And I think there was a you know back when kind of Joe Biden you know had it more mentally together when he was on an interview uh, on a talk show on an interview, like he he talks about how you know your measure of success as a parent, you know, is measured by whether, um, you know, your, your kids turn out better than you. And like that in itself, like people were just cheering over it and just, it it just sounded amazing. But, but like, you know, the measure of success is still based on you, um, you know, and what you feel like you didn't really achieve, um in your particular lifetime and you want them to to do that and you know and it just gets to me thinking about, you know, a lot of Asian parents like who aren't doctors or lawyers themselves that they're really pressure their own kids to become doctors and and lawyers and, and dentists and, and whatnot. And so like that's been really interesting to see, you know, the amount of tutoring, the amount of pressure and, and stress that's placed on on the child to be able to kind of fulfill the dreams of their parents or, um, and whatnot. And, and so, you know, that, you know, that kind of mini statement in itself has just been like, wow, um, things make sense now. And you understand the stress of it and like, I don't know, sometimes we want to downplay it and be like, oh no, this is, this is my choice and then whatnot. But it really... You know, started off a kind of, um, yeah, like of a of a skewed skewed kind of start. And um, I think one thing that really got to me was just I think as I was kind of chatting with my mom one time, um, just about you know her studies and you know how she was like learning piano and and whatnot. And I think she was given the choice of, hey, like, um, do you want to like minor? Because they had a major and a minor, and her major was a piano, and um, she was considering, like, you know, minoring in, in another instrument, um, like, unrelated to pressing keys. <laughs> so, something like like a woodwind instrument or a cello, um, and then was told no, because, like, that would affect her marks and, and whatnot, and, like, it would just be too much in terms of coordination and kind of focus and, and whatnot, and so... Like she got told to kind of stuck stick with you know piano, and she did organ as a, as a minor. And yeah, the whole thing about cello came up, and it was just like, oh man, like I, because she was saying oh, it's like she really wanted to play cello, like she just loved the, the sound and and you know, the, you know the basal tones of it and and whatnot, and you know it was just kind of like, Whoa, okay, I, you know she got me playing, cello for about five years, and I you know, something I didn't enjoy, but it's just kind of like, okay, like that's just a little hint of like, you know, this unlived life that she had. And, you know, recently she's just been saying, Oh, I wish I had played cello, and just repeated it a few times, but it's just kind of like, wow, this, this quote is really kind of ring true. And, but yeah, like, I don't know, like, I think there is something noble um, about that, you know, it's not something that I'll honest, I'll truly understand until I have a child of my own I'm sure of like you know wanting your kid kid to to have better opportunities than you have and to be better than you and to you know and to do all the things you wish you you did and to kind of you know not make you know not make the mistakes that you made and and there is a sense of nobility and just this wonderful you know parenthood thing about that of of, like, hey, like, you know, I wasn't able to, um, you know, travel as much, you know, during my lifetime, and so, like, I want to make sure that you you travel, and, you know, it is, like, it is nice, it is good for them, but when it's based on something that, you know, was unlived for your life, and you want to kind of, I don't know, bless them with that, like, it's just this interesting position that, yeah, has given me a lot to think about, and, and really understand, yeah, like <laughs> how huge the impact of of the parents are, are to the kids. And it really is probably underestimated. Like we feel like we're just awesome and, you know, we can be our independent selves. But I think deep, deep within in there's so much that is shaped by our parents already um, that it's hard to kind of... Um, kind of kind of steered too far away from um and so that's just been really interesting to kind of think about and, and things like that and you know and because of that it's just like what success looks like is also skewed and, and and really need to start critically thinking for for yourself and you know try to take the kind of familial expectations out of it and to um yeah just really find yeah, joy, joy in itself and, um, and things like that. And there's the common phrase of like, you know, comparison is the ultimate thief of joy. And, you know, when you compare yourself to, you know, say the unlived life of your parents or compare yourself to your peers or the people around you or people on Instagram, and it just creates this system of just unhappiness. And that's why like depression is on an all time high and anxiety is on an all time high and, and stress levels as well. And, you know, there's more mental issues than ever. And, you know, if we can just help ourselves, you know, avoid things that can be avoidable, you know, because con- comparison is just this trap door that just, you know, once you fall in, it's, there's nothing good down there. Um, there's no good to be found. There's no joy to be found. And all you kind of end up being is just kind of feeling further lost um, in this thing called life. And, you know, you know, you know, whatever, like comparing our chapter two to someone else's chapter 25. Um, and you know, like in the simple things, like I think, you know, sometimes when I'm at the gym, when I'm just, you know, when I'm lifting like a measly weight and have someone next to me, just, you know, lifting someone, something like two or three times heavier than me. And I just feel like a little wimp and, and it's just like, yeah, it's just those little things. Like, an Like, I know everyone's nice about it and no one's even thinking like, oh, look at, look at Andrew, that little weakling, um, (laughs) who knows? Um, but it's just kind of like, yeah, these little mental comparisons that you make, you know, with the people around you just really subconsciously and it's almost instinctive. Um, and yeah, it it really just makes you feel weak and feel really not great and, you know, I was, you know, I thought I was pretty proud of kind of lifting 100 kilos, but like that's, that's an amazing achievement just objectively. But, you know, when the person next to me is lifting 270, I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm, 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 I'm weak, I'm weak. Um, But, you know, no one at the gym has that mentality and it really is just me sometimes. And, and, you know, everything is relative to the individual and those people have been lifting for so much longer and, you know, I'm six weeks into, like, a strength program after a four-month break. And these people have been lifting probably for, ten, what, like, five, seven, ten years. And so, yeah, like, that's just a really kind of simple example of that, of, yeah, like, you're doing you, you're doing your own story, you're only at on, you know, week six, you're only on chapter two. And, you know, you can't look at look at someone else's chapter, you know, whatever, 30 and be like, oh no, I'm not there. I'm, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm crap. I'm never going to get to that stage, but you know, books keep going, your life keeps going and you know, you'll get to your chapter 25 and you're going to look back and be like, wow, look at the growth I've, you know, I've developed and I can lift these kind of weights now. And, and yeah, like all it takes is, is patience and persistence and, and so it really is just focus your own on your own goals. Um, try not to be influenced by the other people, and just critically think and think about you and who you are, and and you know where you want to go, and you know make those goals and those steps to make those goals happen, and you know find goals that are meaningful, and you know you know as a Christian we want to think about you know how we can bring God into, you know, our lives and how can we glorify him with the things we have and the things we do and the people we have around us, um, you know, we don't want to spend time, you know, being jealous of other people cause that doesn't do anything for anyone. Um, and so, you know, as, as you kind of, yeah, go through life, it's kind of like, well, how can I glorify God today in, in what I have? um, you know, in, in the clients that I see and, you know, to the way wait, waiter that's serving me and, um, you know, the, the way I walk, the music I listen to, the way I talk to people, um, and just, yeah, focus on your own goals and there's no, you know, hopefully I've highlighted, it's just kind of, like there's no point of, yeah, looking around and, and comparing and, yeah, <laughs> do you, boo, I suppose is, is the lesson. And, And so, yeah, like it's always coming to an hour. That's like a good percentage of someone's day listening to this. So, um, yeah, if you listened to this so like so far, thanks so much for listening. And yeah, allow me to just (laughs) and talk and for you to listen and um, yeah, just to kind of share my verbal diarrhea, I suppose, with all the things going on in my head that yeah, and you know to have this platform to talk about and hopefully it you know brings some food for thought for you and and yeah and conversation um in regards to this um hopefully and you know how we can pursue progress together um but yeah I should leave it there thank you so much for listening again i appreciate and love you all um yeah continue to yeah keep healthy keep happy um you know be kind to the people around you and love and peace to you all as always. And I'll see you in the next podcast. Bye.